came up on. Those are the things that formulated uh, the consciousness that I have at, to this day. And it's a, it, it, it's a part of culture. It's a part of culture. And you change the culture, you change the world. That was the last topic I covered on my uh, remix of my first podcast. Uh, like I said, hey, y'all, this is all new to me. Uh, this is really, uh, really kind of counter to who I am. I'm really not much of a talker. Uh, I'm, I'm more of an introvert. And I just get tired of hearing people say, you know, talk about all the problems and, you know, nobody does anything. So... You know, this is stuff that's been on my mind for a long time. And I just decided, hey, you know, I've listened to a lot of the other stuff on podcasts and stuff. And I, I'm not down here, but 
to me, I don't hear anybody saying this. And a great thing, one of the things, one of the problems that in a, in the current uh, American culture, uh, the Western culture, Germany, is that you don't have enough voices, rational voices. Well, you have them, but they're drowned out by the cultural elites, the uh, you know the, the 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 ruling class. They have all of the you know uh, excuse me commercial uh, stations. I mean, they literally control what you think and what you believe. And uh, I was just, I just, I, I'm not, I'm tired of waiting for somebody else to do something. You know, and I think it'll be better. Like the song says, you know, and that's what I loved about the era that I grew up in. Uh, I think I can find a song for everything that, you know, all the things that I talk about because this was what people were talking about when I was born in the 60s, actually in 60, you know? And uh, by the time I was nine or 10 years old, this is the kind of music that was made. And uh, music is a very important part of culture. And for African-Americans especially, because America would not have any type of pop culture, a pop popular music, if it wasn't for African-Americans, if it wasn't for jazz, you know, without jazz, you don't have blues, you don't have rhythm and blues, you don't have rock and roll, you don't have funk, you don't have hip hop and everything in between. You don't have none of that without jazz. And, uh, you know, uh, African-Americans, if they ever, if we ever sat down and thought about it, we, we, we're the pi pipers. You know what I'm saying? Our music influenced people all over the world, not to mention our struggle. Because everybody, those those people who are, uh, who are uh, having the same struggles are familiar with our struggles. And, and they use our struggles for, you know, an example, you know, how to, you know, uh, change their own. So that's why, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting this cultural hegemony again, because it's something you don't hear much in mainstream media uh, I got a couple of slides that, you know, that they touch on it in, in, in some of the mainstream media, but not too heavy, not too deep. And it's not going to be picked up by uh, commercial television. Not going to happen because it's a direct threat to their dominance, to their hegemony. You know, so uh, I'm talking about it and I hope it catches on. And look, Man, look, like I said, I'm, I'm new to this. Like I said, and all of my, uh, my I, I forgot to put it in this one. It's a conference of awareness, you know. Um, everything, you know, that uh, uh, we only know so much, it's limited, you know. And what, what all that I do know is within my small circumference of awareness. You know, there's a lot of things that we as people don't know, you know, uh, we are, we know, we, we know far less uh, than what we do know, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm hitting this cultural Germany thing again. Uh, 
And I think uh, the next podcast, I'm going to start getting into history. Because what this thing is really about, you know, uh, you can't change the culture. You can't change the world. If you don't have, if you don't change the narrative. And in order to change the narrative, because that's what the dominant culture do. You know, they dominate the narrative. They choose the narrative. You know, the narrative like, do you believe in God? Do you believe in capitalism? And see, they're directing the narratives instead of you, instead of people thinking, like I think, who gives a damn what I believe? What you believe and what you know, no, it's, it's two really different things. You know what I'm saying? And that's why cultural hegemony is so important because it's really psychological warfare. You know, that's what it really is. You know what I'm saying? And they control the narrative as to what, you know, as far as, you know, what people think. You know, they, 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 they structure, they put you in a box. Do you believe in capitalism? Well, whether I believe it or not, you know, it's irrelevant. It's what I know about capitalism that's important. And I know that it's not the only, you know, it's an idea. Somebody came up with the idea. And if somebody came up with the idea, somebody can come up with a better one. But they don't want to do that because they profit greatly in it. Just like the name Jesus, they profit greatly in it. And when I start getting into this history and culture and bringing this thing all the way back to the origins of religion, uh, especially uh, Judeo-Christian and, and Islamic, they all three go together. You'll see how, you know, a lot of this stuff, this, this whole thing of belief is the major, major component of their control and dominance. You know what I'm saying? It don't have anything to do with your intelligence because there are a lot of intelligent people who call themselves Christians. You know, and, and, and like I say, the minor research and investigation would prove to you that, you know, the things, everything that the Christian uh, religion preaches is totally contradictory to what the initial uh, with the with the initial doctrine uh, was was originally uh, decreed, you know that 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 at the time that the one they called Jesus, who's that's an incorrect uh, mistranslation of name. You don't translate names, you transliterate names. The possibility that the name could be Jesus, because uh, there was no J, and. Uh, Hebrew, Latin, and Greek language, which they wrote above the name of the man who was crucified. That's why they got an eye in our eye. Nobody even thinks the question. That's what I'm talking about, common sense. Nobody even thinks the question. Well, if it's Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews, I get the N for Nazareth. I get the R for Rex, which is king from Greek. Where the hell the eyes come in at? Don't even think about questions. I remember when I was growing up in school, and this I'm giving you an example of how cultural hegemony is and how programmed people are. You know, when I was coming up, it was reading, writing, arithmetic, three R's. Reading, that's one R. Writing, that begins with a W. And arithmetic, that's an A. Where in the hell they get three R's from? And this is the people who's supposed to be educating us. And it was going with the three R's. 
You know what I'm saying? And nobody chose to say because they will not stand up to to the hierarchy or to the, those in power to say, look, oh, that's that's not right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you can look at other things like, you know, uh, food pyramids and coming through. That's wrong. You know what I'm saying? Because nobody would stand up to hierarchy. Uh, the cultural elites who push their agenda. And so that's what I'm talking about. You change the culture. You change the world. And that's why this song was so apropos. Wake up, everybody. They was talking about this. When they wrote this song in the 70s, Hal Melvin and Blue Boat, Blue Note, song by Teddy Pendergrass, you know? And I remember because it was from my class, our class song, we graduated. You know what I'm saying? So that's what, I, that's what I'm gonna get back into this cultural hegemony thing because I was thinking about it today. I really never got through, uh, I never got through, uh, I didn't finish the analogy with, uh, the uh, cultural hegemony and uh, the uh, and the movie The Matrix, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not gonna go back into all that today. But one of the things I remember that I forgot I wanted to put out was how, you know, in The Matrix, um, the 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 ruling class would be would be those people uh, would be uh, Mr. Smith and uh, the, the programs that were hunting down the uh, survivors of the, 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 the nuclear holocaust that uh, Morpheus was a part of, you know, those that were uh, not plugged into the matrix or were unplugged from the matrix. And those, they were chasing those people who were not in the matrix, not programmed, who was detached from that, that program of the ruling elites. And the ruling elites had programmers too, right? So, but the, the, the thing that I, I wanted to sell is the, the parallel. Like I said, there's so many of them in the movie. The, the parallel is like normal people, normal good people. When things were all right, you know, and things were fine, you know, all y'all go to the ball games together. And, you know, uh, when times, when, when, when crises like this come up, uh, you know, we come together and we all won. But when we had other times when it comes down to uh, issues that that involve race, oh man, then you find out what program the people people who are, are really programmed to. And it goes back to that uh, doctrine of discovery and that superiority. You know, like when when uh, simple things like when Cal Colin Kaepernick took a knee, man, that 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 <laughs> that uh, Mr. Smith program you know, jumped into those people. Oh, no, what's wrong with them? They ought to go, if they don't want to be in Oh, you know all the things that came up with that. You know what I'm saying? And we're supposed to be one country, you know? You know, uh, one nation, individual. You know what I'm saying? We're living in Jesse Fall. And this man is taking a knee. Taking a knee. He didn't come in there with no, you know, high-power weapons and organized the football, he just took a knee. And I'm talking about not just, it's not just the ruling elite. The ruling elite don't have to do anything because they have the people so programmed. You know, most people who 
who relate to uh, 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 what? How did I put it? Who um, the people who identify as white are those people who identify which would be a starch uh, capitalist. You know what I'm saying? And what I'm talking when you start talking about culture, Jimmy, that this ain't a black and white thing. But when it comes down to issues of race, then they start dividing along that line which was created to just do that, to divide those people, those same people who was hugging and kissing that, winning the Super Bowl or whatever, at the games on the weekend. But when, when, when one group, the, 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 the non-dominant group, the group that's been oppressed and the group that's been colonized, try to stand up and say, look, man, y'all, this is wrong. Then those, 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 uh, those those programs, those 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 I, I don't even, I don't remember. I think this Mr. Smith, that's all I can remember. You know, uh Mr. Smith come out in those guys, man. And I and I said that the reason why I brought it to my mind too is like, you know, you cannot have an institution, you know, of two hundred something years, maybe about two hundred forty seven years of slavery without the masses cooperating in that. You can't have over a hundred years of Jim Crow without the masses without the masses being involved in that or approving it or giving it or accepting the policies, approving the policies. That's a sick society, y'all. That's a sick culture. And the thing about that culture in 20, in the 21st century is it's going beyond race. It's getting beyond race. You know, they have all these proponents uh, who support uh, the right-wing agenda. I'm not going to say Donald Trump, just the right-wing agenda. You know, and... You know, like they say, Malcolm X said, you know, you find a black man who won't do something, they'll find a hundred other ones who will. But again, you can put that on the other side. What one white man won't do, they got a hundred others in line who will do it. So um, this, this cultural hegemony, and I'll keep putting this out because I want this to be common knowledge to all of us so we can stop talking first of all talking from emotions because that's what they do with racism right they plan on your emotion the same thing they do with religion they plan on your emotion and your belief system once you start to understand this then they can't play us like that no more that's the point that i'm trying to make and so what I'm gonna do with this, and I'm gonna try to keep this, I'm gonna keep this under, I ain't gonna try, I'm gonna keep this under hour this time, hopefully a half an hour. Uh, Cause I know my, my posts are a little bit too long, but like I say, I'm new to this. And look, by all means, look, hit me up. I ain't sure how it worked yet, but hit me up and leave me a message uh, uh, after you view my posts. And uh, cause I don't do this a lot, you know? Uh, so, uh, 
leave me a message if you got a comment and look please keep it positive that's one of the reasons why i started with this and i don't first of all i don't go live on facebook because i'm not looking for followers this is not about me you know uh i'm looking for leaders i'm looking for leaders i'm looking for people who are ready to do this thing to start a second revolution but it's a cultural revolution i don't want these 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 warmongers out here and don't get me wrong i'm not i don't believe i don't preach nonviolence. I, I do believe in non-aggression but i believe in self-defense too right you know you learn from the past and you're destined to repeat it so you know i believe in you know hey the right to carry the right to defend and protect yourself and your property so don't get it twisted you know uh, I, I, I'm not that guy, but I do understand the wisdom of the nonviolent movement, right? And I still, I think it's a best approach because I believe that first of all, first and foremost, when you go to violence, man, you plant right into the hands of a culture that's a war culture. That's all they did, you know, fight among themselves for land, you know, and then it came to, then they started fighting for, you know, capital, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, so to speak, anyway, we'll get into that later. But uh, that's, that's what this thing is about. And so we don't want to, you do not, Again, I think everybody should read uh, uh, The Art of War. Brilliant piece of work. Because here's the other thing about cultural Germany that they talk about in The Art of War. You know, the best war that you can wage on an enemy is the one that he ain't even aware that you in. he's in. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't even aware that you, you you have an enemy. You don't even know who your enemy is. You know, but they, they, they're constantly, you know, constantly attacking you. You know? It's like an undetected cyber attack. You're under attack and you don't even know it. And that's what cultural hegemony is. You know, and they've been using men who identify, self-identify as white to promote their agenda. And the agenda is against their own best interests. Interest. You know what I'm saying? That's how powerful this thing is. And while we still grappling and wrestling with sexism and racism and xenophobia and all that stuff, Winston Churchill was way ahead of the path. And he said in, in 19, after the war, or during the war, I think 1945 or something that, you know, they're not worrying about no more physical empire. That's why they, that's why they gave African their, their, their stuff back. And look, we can still rule these fools, you know, because we got all the, the resources, we got all the wealth. And 
we're changing. They think like we they 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 want the wealth. So we got them playing our game. We control the way they think. Churchill made a comment. He's about empires of the mind. Empires of the mind. That's what they're going to control. And that's what they control. Empires of the mind. But that's changing. That's changing. This is why I'm doing this particular podcast because I'm sure how it's changing and how we overlook this stuff with all the little stuff. You know, I just was reading uh, this whole, this thing about uh, um, pandemic, and it's plausible. It's plausible, but what you gonna do? What you gonna do about it? You know, I mean, that that that's true because I mean, if it's if it happened, you know, and I would I would like to take a chance, take some time, and you know, look into it for myself. So many people, this would piss me off. They get something, they read. Wow, wow, wow. And they put it right out. Now don't even think about it. You know, and this is what I'm talking about, culturally conditioned. You know, they, we don't do any critical thinking. I read the stuff. I listened to the video, you know, and I'm like, the first thing in my mind is like, okay, who is the source? Who is this person? Are they reliable? Can we trust what they say? You can do the same thing for me. You know, you can say, well, who is this guy? Because I know nobody knows me. But you can look up anything on me you want. You're going to find out I'm just a regular old dude, you know, trying to make it, you know, just like everybody else, you know, who's been through some things, experienced some things, you know, and, 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 you know, trying to leave a legacy, you know, trying to leave something for young people to work with. Because what I'm doing, I know probably won't be, won't be any results in my lifetime. See, because that's how you got to think long term. But they got us so caught up in this consumer society where everything is instantaneous or every year or every four years that we don't think we don't have a long term plan or strategy. Well, I do. And if you don't have a plan or strategy of your own, you're part of somebody else's. So that's where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? And I'm trying to just find somebody, like I say, some leaders. You know, because the reason why I'm not looking for followers, because in order to be a good leader, you have to have once been a good follower. You show me somebody who's not a good follower, they're not going to be a good leader. Classic example, our command in chief. He never, he, he never been a part of anything. He never been on a team. He don't even understand what that is. That's not part of his vocabulary. He can't even conceive that. That's why everything is about him. You know what I'm saying? So, um, like I said, um, let's go on without, without further ado and uh, get on with this, this whole culture of Germany thing. You know, so much to be running through my mind, uh, but hopefully uh, I can stay on track. So if you don't think this thing is serious, man, BRICS. BRICS. That's Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South America. They're united by rejection of the neoliberal model 
plan to and plan to create their own institutions. Those social institutions of control, that's what they're doing, right? Now, you know, it, 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 everybody got their own agenda, you know what I'm saying? Trust me, but they are actually trying to overcome or open. You think this is not serious. They're trying to supplant Western European and American hegemony. In other words, they want the world to follow their cultural beliefs and values. They want the whole world to speak, let's say since China is the biggest player that Chinese instead of English or whatever dialect of Chinese, Mandarin, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, look, I'm not going to be politically correct. And, you know, like I said, I'm not I'm not a journalist or nothing like that. You know, I'm not an English major. So, look, I'm going to tear up some things. But listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. And, 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 and if it makes sense, judge me by that. Not how I, how I tear up some words. You know, I'm from New Orleans. Like, I'm, I got to stop saying that because there's a lot of small people in New Orleans. And uh, New Orleans was one of the first black communities, uh, free blacks, to have their own public school system. You know that, all right? But we'll talk about that when we start breaking down all those different social uh, institutions when we get to education. But the recent summit, now this, is, this article was in 2013. They had one in 2020. They've been having them ever since, I think, 2010 or 20, 2009. They've been doing these things. Right. So they've been doing it. The Brexit is a bill and a challenge to Western economic supremacy. And it's written by Rad Hika, Rad Hika, uh, Desay, all right, in The Guardian, April 2nd, 2013. And basically, she says the recent summit of the leaders of Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, Brex, in Durban, South Africa, completed the group's first cycle. Of summit, so they, they had already did five, right? That's their first cycle, right? Uh, it was initially four. South Africa was added later, right? But that that's a complete cycle where they did it in every country, one in each of the five member countries. Uh, the summit declaration contained the usual pieties about solidarity between the BRICS and their shared goals. However, unlike previous declarations. This one contained the first steps toward creating BRICS institutions. Now, the institution they're talking about, because they understand the institution, most important institution that controls things at the top, is money. So they, they're trying to establish their own monetary system and not have to deal with the Federal Reserve and the IMF. Right? <clears throat> not since the days of the non-alignment movement, and its demand for new international economic order in the 1970s, has the world seen such a coordinated challenge to Western supremacy in the world economy from developing countries? Now, this was back in 2013. Apparently, they haven't got their act together enough to really, you know, be moving and shaking. But they're getting that way. They're, they're, they're heading in that direction. You know what I'm saying? And uh, the best thing that happened to them was Donald Trump. Right. Because he's proven that uh, the Western culture and the American empire that is that supports it 
is 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 is, is giving up the mantle of leadership. You know, no, no, even though the leadership wasn't that great. Uh, I mean, because I mean, it was destroying the world. But I mean, it, it still had some principles at one point where other countries followed it, and that veil of invincibility and uh, uh, what do they call it, rule of law, has been thrown out the window with Donald Trump. You know what I'm saying? So other countries are looking for leadership. All right, and here's another piece. All right, and I'm just trying to show you guys that this is important. You're not gonna see this on NBC, uh, MSNBC, CNN, and you're damn sure not gonna see it on Fox. You're not gonna see it on all that stuff on television. You're not gonna hear it on uh, conservative radio. You're not gonna hear it on liberal radio. They're not going to talk about it because it challenges their means of income. It challenges capitalism. And I don't care whether you're conservative or liberal. When you start talking about challenging capitalism, oh, you know, that's when that uh, Mr. Smith come out in them. Oh, you know, that's funny. Like, I, I, uh, as you may can tell, I may not, some of you may think that I'm a religious uh, person. I, I'm not, but I, I have. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a spiritual person, and I have. I spent about 13 years in, a, in an organization, religious school, really, uh, and found out some amazing things uh, about my Creator and how He really is and actually exists. And I was fortunate, I guess, because I, unlike Neo. Neo had a problem, right? Neo was taken out of the matrix. I'm more like uh, the uh, the guys, the two brothers who were, you know, taking people in and out of the matrix who were born in Zion. Got to look at the movie. Who were born in Zion and never was a part of the matrix. That's sort of like me. I never was really plugged into the matrix, you know, because of the fact that my mother really wasn't. She was very religious. She was a radio evangelist, <laughs> you know? She listened to, you know, oh, and I'll never forget, man, I used to go to sleep to Dr. Daddy and all that stuff on the radio. And um, so, but she never forced me to choose any religion. And that way I wasn't plugged in. I wasn't hardwired into it, right? You know, I didn't put all my stock into it like many, many people do today. That's why it's so hard to, I don't care how much facts you present to them, you know? You can tell them no J, no Jesus. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Jesus because that's all I know. You know what I'm saying? And they look at it like, well, you're taking something from me. No, actually, I'm trying to give you something better. You know what I'm saying? But that's that's cultural conditioning, cultural hegemony, right? And, and, and so that's why I'm I'm here. I'm trying to, you know, hey, look, you guys need to listen up and you need to start thinking about this. You know what I'm saying? And unplug, you know, wake up everybody all right so this article uh the end of america's culture Jimmy, this was last year it's here this is a time magazine article by fatima butu december 14 2019 See, when it comes to culture wars the past century was undoubtedly an american century coming victories out of the ruins of world war ii 
with this economic experience, experience, economy experiencing momentous growth and influence and power, America was positioned as the global emblem of progress, liberty, and modernity. The Chimera, Chimera was largely achieved, this Chimera was largely achieved through the might of American culture. Uh, we used to do this as a stamp stamp when I was in the military, you know. There's a clue, American culture, one of those institutions, those, those institutions of control, right? Social institution of control. This Chimera, I gotta look that word, I don't know what that means, was largely achieved through the might of American culture with Hollywood films, television shows, and music that spread far and wide across the world. This is how everybody wants to be American because that's where all the TV programs are with showing propagandizing America, you know, and that's why everybody wants to be American. Well, that's changing. That's what they're saying, you know, hey, the end of America's hegemony is, 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 is near, it's here, right? The only thing that maintains, that keeps American hegemony and what, what, what caused it to have it in the first place was this military thing. That's the only thing people have. And, and that's why other countries, the only reason why other countries fear America and those other countries that have atomic weapons. But we have the most. We have the most. We, we have the most powerful uh, military machine uh, uh, in the world, and which is really obsolete because you know it's not. It's again. It's about uh, what Churchill said. It's about uh, empires of the mind. And while we're talking about empires of the mind, to show you how this thing is changing. We, we, we all see how the cyber attacks are happening. That's what pisses me off about folks sending all these, you know, all these uh, these posts and stuff. They don't know where they come from, who they send. And, and, and what pisses me off is that they really dis disrespect uh, the African-American community because that's who they're targeting. They're targeting us to keep us confused and not going to the polls and, you know, believing in all this crap. You know what I'm saying? And wasting time and energy following these... Uh, these, uh, some of them made up, you know, uh, some may be even real uh, conspiracies, but this is history. This is substance. This is stuff that you can prove and look up and find out for yourself, right? All conspiracies, especially new ones, man, you got to start, you got to, you got to start digging. This thing, cultural hegemony, it, it, it's, it's not a conspiracy. You, all you got to look at is the results and go and go back through history and start connecting the dots. Simple. You know what I'm saying? Don't get caught up on all this, this stuff because the real war, again, is psychological and spiritual and cultural because those things fall under the umbrella of culture. You know what I'm saying? So today, however, and I'm reading Butu's uh, uh, article, and I just took, you know, took some stuff out of it. Today, however, American soft power faces serious challenge. And that's what they call those, to see, that's the power before and authoritarian governments in the early uh, 20th century that caused, started World War I, which never ended and started World War II, right? 
and this is extenuation of the elites in Europe jockeying for position and territory, you know, divvying up the world, right? And, you know, people don't, don't understand that. They're still doing that to this day. And, and, but that's what it's about. But that, we did, they, they was using hard power. Hard power is military force, right? To keep the people in line in those countries, right? And the soft power, that's cultural hegemony. The soft power, that's the money. You know, that's the, uh, uh, the institutions. That's the judicial system. That's the education system. That's the entertainment and news uh, institutions. That's the religious institutions. That's the soft power. Now, look, they're not beyond using the, the, uh, the, the, the hard power, but they don't want to use it at home, right? Because they saw how that turned out with the Vietnam War, right? So they're not going to use hard power at home, and they don't have to. They don't have to because they got us. It's this pandemic, which man, we man, we docile as sheep, and that's what they that's what they that's what they were bent on changing after the Vietnam War. It's like, wait, man, these people know too much, man. They, they got too much democracy. We got to change this, and our whole education system has changed. They ain't, they ain't do too much with the religious system. I mean, institutions that ain't. That ain't changed much, but our whole education system has changed. Our whole news media has changed. And this wasn't by coincidence. This is all planned. They're still putting judges. This cat, 37 years old, not no, no experience as a judge. They just, man, they're stacking the courts. This is the real stuff that we ought to be focusing on. And my plan and my thing is, look, we need to start doing, use this blessing of the COVID-19 pandemic and use this time you know, people talking about they bored and they can't work together. That's conditioning. You know what I'm saying? That's like when, when Harry Tugman said, I could have freed more if they realized there was a slave. You were a slave. You don't even realize it. You know what I'm saying? Because, oh, I got to go back to words, boss. Oh, no, what I'm going to do about leading the plantation? I'm not. I'm telling you, and this ain't a black-white thing. I'm talking about white folks. They're more conditioned than we are. You know what I'm saying? Get back to this thing. Today, however, American soft power faces serious challenges from a slew of Asian countries, increasingly recognized as cultural hegemons themselves. America's credibility in the world has taken a serious hit, limiting the persuasive effects of films. So you got Bollywood, you got Nollywood in, in, in Africa, and that's something that we really should be supporting. You know, that, that you know, because that's where we're gonna get. We change our culture. We change our belief system. We start telling our story. We start doing, we start telling the narrative. And the thing is, the one reason why America is divided is because they don't share the same history. The European culture, the European, uh, the Americans of European descent, they don't share our culture. They don't share our history. We don't, we're not coming from a, a, a shared history because that's why they want to go back to the 50s because they don't have the same history, right? And I'm talking about the masses, you know? And that's deliberate to not to teach them their history. You know, they, 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 they believe in the, the fiction of uh, American exceptionalism. 
and they all, they, you know, you, you'll hear them talking about that. Uh, Australians came, uh, went to Australia, were released from penal colleges, but the people who came to America, the first immigrants that came uh, to America, uh, they were, they called them rubbish. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, they called them rubbish is trash. You know what I'm saying? Those were people like, they were like uh, homeless people. You know what I'm saying? That's what happened, right? And they put, they, they kidnapped and threw them on ships, came over here to, 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 to actually clean up Britain, England, whatever, you know, uh, Europe, you know, and change their plight, right? But they brought over with them that doctrine of discovery, right? That mystical, magical fiction of white supremacy given to them by the Pope, Papal decree, right? So, Our credibility has taken a hit with leadership of uh, President Obama. I'm sorry, President Trump. All right. So, so next, uh, we're going to talk about again. We're talking about this is this is the Washington Post comments from an interview with Greg Sargent, September 30th of 2001. Now, when the richest man, I think at that time, he might have been the first or second richest man in the world when this, when, when they was talking about, uh, at least when I was coming, you know, coming up, he was one of the richest men. He was probably still in the top 10, Warren Buffett. But when, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. Look, when I talk about the ruling elite, all wealthy people are not pathological. Some of them are decent people, have some decency. You know what I'm saying? They're in a minority. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, some of them they—they got some good capitalists, you know, and who understand, have the wisdom to understand that look, you know, this system can't exist without the people. You know what I'm saying? You need you need uh, consumers, right? At, at least right now in this system, and they realize this system needs change, right? So when you have somebody like Warren Buffett, who says accurately, there's been a class warfare going on for the past last 20 years. And my class has won. We're the ones that have gotten our taxes reduced dramatically. If you look at the 400 highest taxpayers in the United States in 1992, the first year for the figures, they averaged about $40 million of personal income per person. In the most recent year, there were $227 million per person, five to one. During that period, their taxes went down. Now, not only did their income go up, but their taxes went down. 29% to 21% of income. So, Mr. Buffett says, if there's class warfare, the rich class has won, right? And most of us don't even realize we're in a war, right? And so here's a comment from, and this is the thing that, that those you know, you got you got some men, a lot of them in crime who self-identify as, as white, right? And I keep saying that for a reason, right? Because white 
is not a race, right? And and really, race does not exist, right? So when we when we're talking about you know people who identify themselves as white, and we start talking about white supremacy and uh, white uh, what they call it white privilege. And the thing that they always focus on, uh, yeah, we superior, we not superior. Uh, we ain't got no privilege, you know. If you stop focusing on, you, they'll focus on the word privilege. They'll challenge you on that. They'll challenge you on uh, white superiority, but they never challenge the concept of whiteness. Again, another social construct that those people in power came up with to make, to keep those people in control, to keep that hierarchy, that class structure in, in, in process, to make them feel like those white people who didn't have uh, wealth, oh, well, we're gonna give them something to compare themselves against, compare themselves among themselves again, right? So we gonna, we gonna give them that whiteness, right? Now, whether they wanna deal with the superiority thing, uh, you know, they, that's on them. But they, they ain't going to let go of that whiteness. They'll let go, you know, the supremacy, the white supremacy, the, the superiority, and the privilege. They'll, 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 they'll debate that. But they ain't going to never debate that they're white. That's the problem, right? And so that's the root cause of that's what That's where that thing is so ingrained in them in race. And that's where you can trace this thing back to the doctrine of discovery. That's where this whole superiority thing began, right? So they got this, I, I, I don't like to be negative, but I'm gonna say it, I'm just gonna speak my mind because this is my podcast so I can say what I wanna say. You got this clown, Representative Steve King, uh, Republican out of Iowa. And he always come out, see this is what you gotta look at about, you know, uh, those men who self-identify as white, you know, uh, they are like like Donald Trump. You know, they are egomaniacs. You know, they are um, um, what's the word? Narcissistic. You know, they are. Um, and the reason why a lot of people didn't like—I remember when I was in the military—they had uh, uh, the Japanese terms for. American was, I think, Gaijong, the ugly American, you know what I'm saying? Because they're arrogant, right? They think they're smarter than everybody else. That they gave the world knowledge when they stole knowledge from other places, right? But they tell the narrative. So if you believe their narrative, yeah, they did, they, they did start civilization. Don't bother with the facts that, you know, the first, the first man that was found, uh, the, the oldest one was found was an African. You know, and they still can't explain uh, the pyramids in Egypt. And they only focus on the one in Egypt, where, but there's more in, more like that in the in a, in, in the Congo. You know, but they can't explain those pyramids, but they can't loot them. They loot them, right? Napoleon got so mad that, because he, he realized, wait a minute, man, this dude got a broad nose. No, he shot the nose off so that it, we can't, no, we can't let them know that people African, of African descent built this thing. Uh, that's, that's where it came from. That's why the Sphinx ain't got no nose. 
it's funny, but it's true. I'm trying to show you how deep this thing is, right? So Representative Steve King of, uh, of, of our Republican Mile speaking, doing a, a Freedom Summit in January 14, Des Moines, Iowa, made this comment, right? In an interview on CNN on Monday, King said, he meant exactly, said he, said he meant exactly what I said. You cannot rebuild your civilization with somebody else's babies. You've got to keep your birth rate up and that you need to teach your children your values in doing so. And in doing so, then you grow your population and, your, and you can strengthen your culture. You can strengthen your way of life, King said. And then, King, then he called Western civilization a superior culture and said some cultures contribute more to the American society than others. Now, let that man even think about it. You know what I'm saying? You know, he is creating, uh, he's following the script, the narrative that I'll say that, you know, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, 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 American, um, I just said it, American, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, exceptionalism. American exceptionalism, which is, uh, again, like everything else starting with the doctrine of discovery. It's just a lie, fiction, something that they, they made up, you know? Uh, the people who really exceptional is the, the people who were able to survive and endure the hardships that Americans inflicted on them with, with their, from, 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 from their disease, uh, culture, you know, values and belief system, and still here to talk about it, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, you, you start talking about, you know, cultures. I mean, when we had cultures in Africa, they had cultures in Africa, and they had culture. Look, the pyramids weren't just on, yeah, you don't find no pyramids in Europe, they're so advanced, but you find them in Africa, you find them in uh, Central and South America. Right? But they called them savages, right? And now this is this is this is 400 years later. There's all symbology in that, right? 400 years later. You know, uh one of the founders, um, I don't remember which one it was, but it's in one of my lectures coming up, said it. Some people attributed it to Benjamin Franklin, but the other people said it that uh they uh they, they, they knew that God was going to pay, they were going to have to pay for what they did to, to, to enslaving African-Americans. That's one of the greatest fears, right? Of, of, again, this stuff is passed down genetically, folks. I'm talking about programming. You know what I'm saying? People don't even know that they have these ideas and constructs built into them already. That's why it's so hard for them to believe you know, that when a black person gets shot, oh, well, he must have did something. No. You programmed to think that way. Your whole life, generation to generation, programmed you to think that way. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we got to change. And what we got to change first, we can't, we got to extirpate ourselves from it. 
And by that, I mean that we got to start building our own values, our own belief. And first of all, we got to find out what our values and belief was. The values and belief that we have now was those that were forced upon us by the people who enslaved us. All right? So, you know, you really trying to live life according to somebody else's values that's really contradictory to yours and, and not in your best interest. And this not only applies to black, that goes for poor white folks too. Right? So, you know, you, you living under social constructs that are not in your best interest that would dictate it to you by the ruling class too. And you don't even know it. Here's another, uh, and, and this is where you got to watch these people, man. Like, you know, people like Steve Bannon. Where is Steve Bannon? Steve Bannon has gone around the world. He was the, he, he instigating stuff in Brazil, in Europe, you know, in Germany. Why do you think there's a rise of this, this whole white nationalism? This dude is the dude behind it. They want to create, they use the term again. You got to, you see these people, they, they're so far beyond, you know, racism. That's just a tool that they use part of their psychological warfare, how they can control the ignorant people who follow them, right? You know, with this racism, this psychological warfare, right? This guy here, Christopher Wiley, he was an ex-Trump ex aide banner promoted cultural war. That's what Cambridge Analytical was. It's a company that they created to, to, to uh, that's what and this guy here was the guy who, you know, created that program to ex extrapolate information from Facebook, you know, and so that we can they can attack uh, different populations in America, right? Particularly the African American population, but they they attack, uh, uh, you know, they attack uh, skinheads, they attack liberals, they attack, you know. That's what they what they planned. And there was a young lady who was part of this too. And this is what I see about the Republican. And that's the problem with the, 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 the Democrats. This young lady, I forget her name, I can look it up and, and, and come up with you, who was part of this team uh, that was part of the, uh, what you call them, campaign, was part of uh, Trump's campaign who was using uh, uh, Facebook and uh, all of the other uh, social media and, and, and this type of information that this guy was using to 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 extrapolate or influence, you know, uh, those in the sphere of those who were leaning toward Trump, right? And when you see this this girl's stories, I'll, I'll, I'll find a link for it. She had a whole there was a whole movie that you know, not about her, but her her contributions to it. And uh, and it was that she was a Republican. I mean, she was a Democrat, and she had had work for Democrats. I mean, maybe even Hillary Clinton at one time. But her family, due because because of some medical expenses that one of her you know family members would have, they were strapped. And this young girl was she was brilliant. As you can see, she got Donald Trump to win, right? And they wouldn't pay her nothing, right? And that's how, that's what the Democrats do. See, the, the Republicans, they know that money talks. They know how to use money and, and power and influence it. 
right? But the Democrats, they want to get shit on the cheap. They want you to do all the work and they don't want to pay you. Just another form of slavery. I'm telling you, just another master. But they guise it, you know, they disguise it. And the guys that, okay, oh no, we all for the poor. No, you're not. No, you're not. Don't get that twisted. They just the opposite side of the same coin. They got lobbyists that lobby them too. As a matter of fact, the same ones that lobby the Republicans. You know what I'm saying? So don't get it twisted. You know what I'm saying? But this girl, she flips out because the Republican was paying her. She wanted to get paid. She needed to get paid. And that's why, that's why, you know, like I said, I'm a vote for Biden. But I, I, he, I don't give a damn about sitting drinking no beer with Biden. We, we not even in the same, you know, spheres. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's a. I don't. I, first of all, I'm different. I, I don't. I don't follow celebrity. Don't impress me because I think you know you put your past on one leg at a time and shit and piss like I do. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong, man. I appreciate people' talent and I respect it. You know what I'm saying? But I just don't, you know, go gaga because you know you you have a you know celebrity status. So, but what I'm saying is, I, here's what I think. I'm gonna say this before we get too far because here's the thing. The reason why I'm doing this is, look, we got to start organizing. First of all, you got to educate. Then we organize, right? And I'll go over that whole plan, uh, playbook, you know, what my plan is, right? But I think if Biden, you're going to really see his true colors, right? By who he picks as a running mate, as a vice president, true running mate. And if he picks a woman, especially if he picked a black woman, look out. Because they're pandering, right? They're pandering. They, 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 they're trying to, they're doing this, they're using this personality thing, right? Because people are respected as a person, right? And so he's just, okay, well, I'm gonna get a black woman. Man, I don't care what color, I want your ideas. Ideas don't have no color. Look, I'm not a Bernie supporter. Not this year, when he first started our campaign and last year I supported him, but I supported him because he had ideas. As a matter of fact, this is what stoked me to do this because there was finally somebody who had ideas, new ideas, right? About American culture and American society and American economy that should take care of all of us. That's the only reason why I supported him, right? and would have voted for him, you know, uh, I think I voted for him in the Democratic primary last year, would have voted this year for him if he hadn't given up, right? And the thing about it, man, you can't be in this game without getting dirty. You know, people talk about, you know, some, uh, some of the things. He, you, that's When you're in politics, you got to play those games. That's why I can't be a politician. Never, never will be a politician, right? That's why people like Dr. King and, and, and Malcolm X would have never been politicians because they got too much integrity, right? Too much principles, right? And, you know, so yes, oh, sure. Uh, he has his, his flaws, uh, Bernie. Uh, he, has, he has a history and so do Joe Biden. But what I was saying, if he picks a black female, uh, an ethnic female, or even a white female, watch out. It's just the same 
saying, well, look, they didn't, they didn't flip the script to what the Democrats were saying back in the 60s. This, this, we don't want no change too quick. You know, moderately, slow it down so that they can have time to adjust. And they go drag this thing out with, they drug it out from, uh, from, 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 they was talking about this with, with, uh, where they shut it down after the first reconstruction. And then after Roosevelt, they still was dragging their feet on. They was making change. They gradual change. That's what conservatism is. Slow change, not too much. But look, again, this what we learned from COVID-19. Again, that's what I'm telling you guys. Look at the big picture. What we learned from COVID-19, these people can change in a heartbeat. Because people will do what they have to do. All right? So don't tell me, oh, well, no, we don't want to go from capitalism to another system because people ain't going to no, people will do what they have to do. You know what I'm saying? Look at the change we're making now. You know what I'm saying? But that's they, they put that, they go put that out in the media. Be prepared for it. Oh no. Oh uh, we can't do that. People not ready for to make that kind of, well, how, well that's all right. We'll figure it out. We will figure it out. But if he don't pick Bernie Sanders as his running mate, logical choice. Logical choice. Because it puts together that block, that, 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 uh, uh, what do they call it, that uh, moderate block of Democrats, moderate Republicans, and left-leaning majority of the people want these things that Bernie wants. But see, what Bernie's asking is what the, what the ruling class, the power structure don't want. They ask him, look, look, you got to start giving up some stuff. You just stole for the last 50 years. Time for you to start giving up stuff. Because you and we both know that physical labor by people is not going to be necessary any longer. So you got to start changing the system. So if he don't pick Bernie as a roommate, you know who he's working for. That's all I'll say about that. And look, I think I made it under an hour. I think I did. That's pretty much all I have for tonight. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, start working on my uh, start working on my uh, my history, right? And here's the thing about the history: I'm not going to let them put me in a box that I can only talk about black history and all the good because history is not history. Don't have no color. See, and that's what they've been doing. Now they got, they didn't divide everybody. They got a month for everybody, a month for women, a month for Asian, a month for, uh, uh, you know, uh, South, Western Pacific people. They got a month for everybody, right? And what they're supposed to, and I know this from my job, right? It's like, oh no, you can't, you can't tell them about cultural gender. No, 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 that's, no, you can't tell them, you know, where, you know, about white history. You know what I'm saying? You can't talk about that. You got to stick to black. No, why you? You can't put me in a box because black history is history. It's everybody's history. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna start working on that. Start putting that stuff out. I got at least two weeks of it uh, that I did, and I stopped. But I'm gonna start picking that up, and that's what I'm gonna start going to because I'm trying to lay the, the the foundation for this change. You know what I'm saying? And so you know. I'm not concerned about uh, who picks it up, uh, uh, you know, who's going to follow me. It's like, hey, you know, 
that that that's that's not the picture because change don't come about by a large majority. As a matter of fact, the more people involved in the movement, the more likely it is to fail. Right? You could just look at Black Lives Matters for that. You know. And I'm gonna say this one thing about that. You know, as we roll out of here with Black Lives Matters. One thing that upset me about Black Lives Matters movement, right? And this is why, and this is another thing that that, that moved me to do this, right? It was when Hillary Clinton gave them a platform to say, okay, what y'all want? They didn't have they didn't have any demands of what they wanted. And you know, I understand that the concept of uh of decentralized uh, 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 organization leadership was good, but you still have a foundation that everybody believes in, right? You still got to have that stuff. Nobody got to lead it, but y'all got to have the same purpose. That's what this is about. You got to have the same purpose, right? So they all really, you have, you know, you had different cells, you all should have the same purpose, right? And you should have a list of demands. All of them should have that, right? And you don't have to have centralized leadership to do that. You know what I'm saying? You can expand this, you know, each individual leadership, leader does this. Another great movie that, that I base a lot of this off too. And I'm always torn about telling this stuff publicly because a lot of times, like uh, Dick Gregory said, we talk too much. And in, in light of thinking of that, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to even talk about this movie. Because this movie scared the bejesus out of people when it came out, right? Uh, I think I'm going to say it because really it's not a secret, you know what I'm saying? But here's I'm going to tell you something about, you know, people saying things that are not secret and unclassified. And this is what I learned about, this is what I learned when I was in the military, right? And I'm talking about this because it's apropos right now because it's appropriate at the time. Because the next great challenge that we have in this 21st century, that the, the robber bearers of this century are the social media organizations, are the AI organizations, are those, are those entities that are involved with um, um, what is it called? Man, I hate when I do that. I have these, these brain farts. Uh, um, what is it called? Um, it's, a, it's the new form of capitalism where that it's involved with social media and data mining. Um, uh, but that's the new challenge of the 21st century along with cultural hegemony. Uh, Bear with me. Um, surveillance capitalism. There you go. Surveillance capitalism. That's the new challenge. Right? That's the new uh, method of, of control, uh, social uh, control. Uh, um, what's the term? Uh, that's the new that's the, that's the new big thing, right? Surveillance capitalism. Because now they are selling, in essence, your 
this is from extracting all this data. And I got on that because I was talking about how you can we learn this in the Navy. I mean, in the military, that even some information that's declassified as uh, uh, as as, as um, you know the lowest classification. Um, I'm having a brain fall, but even if it's the lower classification, you know, some of this stuff still is restricted because you can take from the data from from the non unclassified information, as is unclassified information, and piece that together and create a profile. One of my favorite shows that I watch now is a lot of the profiling that they do on the show. And by getting little bits of information, they can create a profile, right? And that's what they're doing with surveillance capitalism. The horse has left the barn, it's not coming back in, right? So we gotta learn how to live with it and control it, right? And use it for our own benefit. But surveillance capitalism, that's the new robber barons of the 21st century. They ain't got nothing on, on, on a, the robber barons like Carnegie and, and Chase, A.P. Chase, Morgan, Morgan Chase. Uh, they ain't got nothing on it, right? Because they are so far advanced technologically. And this is another reason why we need to change, get new leadership in Congress. You know, some of these cats, you know, been around since the 70s and, you know, uh, some, you know, maybe some even the 60s. I know John Conyers been around since the 60s. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, dude, I have much respect for you, but your time has passed, right? That's like when they had uh, Zuckerberg in front of the Congress testify the Senate, wherever it was, and he was kind of smirking, laughing at these dudes. I don't know what the fuck they talk. They don't even have any idea how I do this stuff. I know he left when he got when he got out there. He bust out laughing, but they don't know. They don't have. They better have any idea what tweaking is. You know what I'm saying? And that's the next great challenge, and that's why we have to elect new officials. That's why here's the other thing I was gonna say about Biden. If Biden does not, if Biden should do two things, and this will, will solidify him, but they're not gonna listen to me because I'm just some Negro who got on the podcast, you know what I'm saying? And this is the problem with the elites, black and white, right? Because they don't listen to the people, right? And if it, what, what he should do, what Biden should do, that would ensure his election, right? He should say, look, I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, what's gonna be my running mate? You know, uh, Bernie's gonna be my running mate. He gonna be my VP. And we gonna make this promise to you. And you see, they don't think like this no more because they don't have any principle, right? They don't have any integrity because it's so, about, it's so much about serving their donors, their masters, right? And if they came up with their own strategy, it would be, look, this would bring, he would go down in history, right? As, as, as someone paramount to George Washington. The reason that made George Washington so memorable is that this man could have been king. And he said, uh, no, I'm just gonna do this when I'm out. Look, I don't wanna be no king, right? I'm out of here, you know what I'm saying? Let's have this procession keep going on. I don't wanna start this thing like this, like, you know, like a, uh, you know, a, a authoritarian government. You know what I'm saying? So if Joe Biden would say, okay, he's gonna be my VP, 
first of all, he's going to get the majority of the people going to hold him in office. So I'm telling you, he would win by a landslide. All right? No, no problem, hands down. Because he would capture the majority of the group, right? He's going to capture those, those, those on the fence Trumpers, right? He's going to capture those never Trumpers. He's going to capture those moderate Republicans. And he's going to capture most of the Democratic Party, right? He go, and then he's going to get Bernie's people, right? And people going to get energized behind that, right? And then what he says is, look, we're going to do this one term. One term. And then we're going to start, we're going to put people in positions in the government. You know, we're going to fill our cabinet with people to get this experience. We're going to start, and then this is where our part come in, because we always be lagging. We always talk about what we're doing. Once we get him elected, and he has to tell us this, look, now, I'm here. Now you got to do your part. Now we got to start changing the Congress and the Senate. Get your ass out there and vote and campaign for people, younger people, technicians, engineers, not people who are lawyers, right? Who are nothing about conflict and, 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 and mitigation, right? Don't elect those people. They don't know how to fix things, right? They don't know how to communicate. Right? It's always about dominance, right? And elect them. And so now, now we're preparing you for this next for this 21st century. Because now we're gonna get those people in Congress, we get those people uh in positions of, 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 of power and politics to carry this in through the 21st century. That's just my opinion. That's what I would do if I was him. And if he don't do that, I would be very suspect. And I know he not, right? But I'm putting this out here. You should know. We're going out here. Change it, yeah. Gotta change the world, baby. I can't do it alone. Change it, yeah. Change it, alone. Can't do it alone. Need some help, y'all. Can't do it alone. Everybody, get up! Everybody, help y'all! Little help, change the world. What it used to be? Can't do it alone. Need some help, y'all. Need some help, yeah.
preaching, false teachers. 50 years ago. With the man was preaching. Speak the truth. What I'm giving you, baby. talking about this is us culture warrior i'm out